Welcome to Lead with Less, the podcast for confident professionals with me, your host, Tash Peterson, Certified Leadership and Mindset Coach. This is the podcast for confident professionals that will help you move through overwhelm, burnout and self-doubt by sharing actionable strategies and practical steps that can have an immediate impact for you. With a mix of solo and guest episodes, I will share everything I've learned and applied over the last decade that has enabled me to create an extremely successful HR career and since then a profitable and thriving coaching business, all while blending it with everyday life and motherhood. I've also coached and empowered over 150 clients through one-on-one coaching and group programs to transform their lives and careers using these strategies. They now confidently thrive as their best selves and now I want you to have access to all of the goods too. This is the perfect spot if you're new to your career, a seasoned professional or aspiring into a people leadership role and want to lead with less so you can live and work with more confidence, clarity and energy. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of Lead With Less. I am really excited to be introducing my first guest on the podcast, and this is the amazing Daria Williamson, and we are talking all about unleashing your strengths for success. Daria is an incredible strengths coach, and she's a fellow coach that I have known for I would say probably over a year, maybe a couple of years now, and we've been in each other's sphere on LinkedIn. We've referred clients back and forth to each other. We've connected and we definitely subscribe to the idea that there are there is no competition. <laughs> and yeah, we've just created a really amazing relationship. So I'm really excited to be doing this episode with her. And so I just wanted to introduce her a little bit before we dive into this episode. So Daria is a fellow coach and specializes in strengths-based coaching. Her zone of genius is helping other people to find theirs and discover new ways to live and work from their zone of genius, their strengths. The outcomes she helps to create is that people feel more energized and engaged and achieve their goals and pursue their dreams while looking after their well-being. Over her years of coaching, Daria has designed and launched her very own strengths card deck that she uses to help her clients unlock their potential using their strengths. And Daria has also recently become a published author with her book, Unleash Your Awesome. How flippin' cool is that? It was also very funny because in her bio, when she pulled that together for me, she didn't actually put that she is an author, which I thought was quite, quite uh, hilarious because it is such an amazing feat to have written a book and especially about something that you're so passionate about and have essentially developed your whole career around. Unleash Your Awesome is such a practical and incredible book around how you can understand your strengths, how you can hone them, how you can really focus on your zone of genius and how you can bring that and shine that through your career. So I'm really, really excited for this conversation. We are going to talk about what it means to be strengths-based, why neither of us like the word weaknesses and why we don't focus on weaknesses, how a strengths-based approach can really help you to create success, not only in your career, but also in your life, and how you can actually start to implement a strengths-based approach to your work and life. Daria also shares some of her energy-filling practices, her mindset work that she does to help boost her own confidence, and the boundaries that she has in place to help her be her best. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. I hope you can see how you can 
hone in on your strengths or at least start to uncover them so that you can focus on how you can bring them to life to build an amazing career for yourself. Enjoy. Hello, hello, Daria. It's so nice to have you as a guest on the Lead with Less podcast. It's so nice to see you again. Hi, Tash. Great to be here. Thank you. So I really wanted you on the podcast because I love your work in the strengths space. You know, you all of your coaching, all of the work that you do is around strengths-based approach and taking a strengths look at finding a zone of genius, living from that place. So I'm really excited to talk about that today. Uh, all of you know my clients and all the people that I hope are listening to this are people who can really benefit from thinking more from a strengths-based approach and how they can create success in their life. So to kick us off, would you just like to share a little bit about yourself and what brought you to this place of being a strengths-based coach? Sure. Uh, I think I've always been fascinated by what makes people tick. I've always been a bit of an observer of human behavior, really happy just to sit in a town square somewhere with a coffee and just watch the world go by and try and figure out what might be going on for different people. And so throughout the different jobs that I've held, those sorts of observational skills and uh, ability to theorize about what's going on for other people really helped me. And so I uh, led customer service teams and then process improvement teams within businesses. And that fascination has never gone away. It's probably just gotten stronger and stronger over the years. And in 2020, when it felt like the world was going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, I was really lucky to be doing a diploma of positive psychology and well-being with Langley Group in Australia and uh, came across the strengths framework the way they taught it and had this absolute aha moment that this is what I'd been doing my whole life and career without having the words for it. So once I saw that, it just felt like a lock turned, you know, key turned in a lock and uh, it opened up this whole new way of working with people around what are your strengths? What's the magic you bring to the world? What's right with you? What's good and great within you? And how can you do more of that and bring more of that to the world? And it felt really um, quite subversive in a way because so much of what we learn in business is focus on your weaknesses, fix mm. them, they're <laughs> going to bring you down. And it's a really depressing and de-energizing and draining approach versus, hey, what are your absolute genius strengths things that light you up when you do them that feel like the real you that you can do in a way that nobody else can and how do you bring more of that to how you live and how you work it's a much more energizing and uplifting and engaging and sustainable approach and so it felt somewhat seamlessly like my whole life and work transformed into really focusing on the strengths-based approach to help people, not just with their work. For me, it has to be a whole life transformation and seeing people really just taking their strengths and running with them. Oh, I love that. And isn't it so fascinating how our whole career or our whole life like does, you know, really just compound into where we get to, mm -hmm. you know, where it like kind of all falls into place and you're like, oh, this is why I went through everything that I did and yes. why I went through all of those moments. So I love that. And I mean, you already answered this question already about what does it mean to be strengths-based and what does it mean to take that approach to work and life? So, you know, it can make you more energized. It can make you feel more empowered. It brings more of that confidence. It absolutely is more uplifting. And we'll talk a little bit about weaknesses in a second. Yeah. But 
like if you just wanted to take that a little bit further further like what does it really mean to be strengths-based so like if we were to talk about the strengths-based approach approach in its definition and what it means to actually bring that to your life how would you describe that yeah so with strengths I focus on two dimensions the typical definition of strengths is around your performance where do you get great results but I use a double barrel definition which is where do you get great results but also how do you feel about using those particular strengths because you can be great at something and not enjoy it Mm -hmm. and I call those your reputation strengths because you'll get a reputation for it hey Tasha's great at that give it to her and you're sitting there in the background going please don't please don't give that to me such a great way of thinking about that reputation strength and so you can get stuck in that because everybody knows that that's what you're great at when you think more specifically about what am I great at and love doing my genius strengths then you're really into that sustainable piece of, I feel like I can do this all day without losing focus or losing energy. I feel like this could be something I could make a career out of because it will feel fulfilling and engaging. And not every moment will feel fulfilling and engaging because we all have to do the stuff that doesn't light us up. You know, there's life admin that doesn't light us up. There's bits in our jobs that we just don't really enjoy or maybe we're not even very good at. But it's getting that overall sense of there are things in this job and things in the way I've structured my life that light me up that I can do on a regular basis. It gives us a sense of empowerment as well. We can actually choose how we show up. So we don't necessarily have to change jobs to bring more of a strengths-based approach to what we do. It's about being more conscious of those genius strengths, the things that light us up, and then finding new ways to bring them into our work. So for example, if someone has a center stage strength, they love being in the spotlight, being the center of attention, then they could just volunteer to do a presentation at the staff meeting or to the board or uh, at a careers day. So they're not changing the wholesale job that they're doing but they're just bringing in kind of sprinkling over some more of their genius strengths to change up the energy and the sense of engagement and achievement they're feeling in that job Mm, and I love that as well because by just sprinkling it here and there people can really play with it without the pressure because I know a lot of the times you know clients come to me they're like oh my god I have to change my whole career because (laughs) you know this career doesn't align with my strengths it's like okay well you know and then there's like the pressure and the overwhelm of that whereas like playing with like sprinkling it here and there so like volunteering or just putting your hand out for you know Mm. this particular task or responsibility gets you to stretch you know I talk like about being on the edge and stretching to see like do I really love it because there can be the idea of loving something the idea of like oh that is a strength but is you know you you don't necessarily know if it's a reputational strength or a genius strength until you're playing with it a bit more or maybe actively using it to go oh I actually really do love this even though it scares the heck out of me mm-hmm. it's still something that really is my genius so I really love the idea of playing and sprinkle like with sprinkles of it versus yes. the pressure of oh I have to change everything in order to really live into this now that's right and I think that play approach it's something I really really emphasize with my clients and when I'm talking about strengths is just run everything as an experiment you know Mm -hmm. for for most of us any kind of experiment we run with our strengths it's not likely to result in someone dying like it's not that critical so we can actually bring a sense of play what would happen if dot 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 
Mm-hmm. And then just have a go and see what the results are. And maybe you need to have a go with that in a couple of different scenarios because our strengths play out differently in different contexts. You know, at work, at home, in the community, with our family or with our friends, they play out differently. And so just having a sense of, I'm curious, what would happen if, what results do I think I'd get? And then compare actual results to what you thought was going to happen. And like you say, there can be this imagination. If I did this, it would be amazing. You might do it and find out actually you dislike that to a large extent. So cool. You've just gained some information, put that in the bank, adjust your experiment, try something different. Mm. And so it's the sense of we never have to be too serious about it and we never have to do a permanent change. Every decision we make, we can remake. We can choose to change. We can shift subtly or majorly. And so it's just that sense of, I don't have to be stuck. I can just keep moving, trying new things. And when I find a strategy that works, great, whack it in the toolbox, because now I know that one's working for me. Go play with another strategy and see what else you can add to your toolbox. I love that. Absolutely. So great. Um, You already mentioned this. You talked a little bit about weaknesses where you were giving a bit of the overview. So I personally dislike the word weaknesses. I won't go as far as to say hate. But it probably fits into that word. Uh, or the focus on weaknesses. Like I I talk about gaps. So like we've got our strengths, we've got it, whether they're reputational or genius, and then we've got the gaps of the things that don't necessarily fit into our necessarily our higher strengths. And I personally believe that our gaps aren't necessarily ours to fill. So this is where we might collaborate with the team or we might bring someone else on board, you know, to fill that gap and, you know, how we build high-performing teams is not everyone has the same strengths and so everyone is you know recruited on that way so I'd love to like that's my take on weaknesses and you know how I talk about them I'd love to get your take on weaknesses you shared a little bit already but I'd love to kind of dive into this a little bit more and yeah what's your take on that and the way that it's been used and talked about Mm -hmm. you know and I think that that's changing but I think that it's still a big part of the conversation that's still happening, especially in corporate environments anyway, when we're talking about KPIs and performance reviews and things like that. I agree. I'm also not a fan of the word weakness because I think it's been really weaponized and mm-hmm. people have been made to feel ashamed of having weaknesses and like it's some kind of moral failing to not be great at everything. And the line I often use with clients is if you're breathing, you've got weaknesses, like welcome to being human. <laughs> Um, and if you think you don't, then self-awareness is probably <laughs> so they just they just are, you know, like our strengths just are, our weaknesses just are. And so instead of burning a whole lot of energy trying to hide them or pretend we don't have them or trying to drag them up into some semblance of capability or God forbid trying to turn them into a strength, be really realistic about what you're not good at and what you don't enjoy. I call that the zone of indifference. Because most mm. people don't actually want to spend a lot of time there. They, they'd rather kind of do anything than focus in that area. But know what's there. Know how it can get in the way or trip you up. And then turn to your strengths for strategies that are going to help you if and when that stuff's going to trip you up. Some weaknesses won't get in your way because they're not relevant to the life you're leading and the work you do. So why would you bother paying any attention to those other than knowing what they are Mm -hmm. so that if down the track you decide to change your life or change your work you can be cognizant of that stuff 
but it still is not about turning them into strengths. It's saying, okay, so if that is going to get in the way, what's my strategy? So for someone who um, finds, say, meticulous attention to detail, something they're not good at, something they find really draining and de-energizing, they don't enjoy it. Ideally, accountancy is probably not for them. But if they're taking a job where they do actually need a bit of attention to detail, they will have other strengths that will help them with that. So they might have a strength around systematizing things. So they can actually automate some reporting or automate some error checking that will help them get the attention to detail thing done without actually having to do the attention piece themselves. Mm -hmm. The other option is find someone that's great at that. It's why I have an accountant. Because I can Same. do about 80% of it and then the 20% that I mess up I can just email my accountant and say I've done it again messed up my GST return or I'm not quite sure what I did here but this is weird she'll go in the background she'll fix it and she'll tell me how I ended up with the error so she's actually teaching me so I can put a system or process in place in the future so that I don't make that error again Mm, yeah I love that and I think it's also like I love that you talk about removing like the shame or the mm. innate like oh because I have this weakness it means something about me like weaknesses don't mean anything about anything it's only the story we tell about it you know and that those are often the stories that were told when we were kids or growing up or where our teachers made it mean something or our parents made it mean something where it's actually no like it was unrealistic for them to expect for you to be good at all of these things anyway mm. and actually how many of those things did you want to do versus your parents were vicariously living yeah. <laughs> through you yeah. which <laughs> you know amplifies a lot of these these mm. issues as we grow up but I talk about that all the time with my clients like even with the dream jobs there's always going to be elements that you don't like or yeah. don't have strengths in like as I would, we were just talking about this before we hit record, like writing is not a strength of mine. Like you've just mm -hmm. written a book and you're like, I can write till the cows come home. And I'm like, oh, cringe. <laughs> like, it's like yeah. that already gives me anxiety. But there's elements of writing that I need to do in my work, you know, in my business. But also a strength of mine is being auditory. Like I'm more auditory mm -hmm. inclined. So like starting, you know, this podcast and doing a podcast mm -hmm. is like the natural way to follow my strength of yeah. being able to verbalize my thinking and mm -hmm. all of those things. Whereas like for the last four years, I've been pushing myself to write, 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 because that's what is quote unquote normalized. But now with like yeah. the amplification of podcasting and stuff, it's definitely made that easier. But again, there's always going to be elements of things that, we're not naturally strong at or don't necessarily mm. like, but it doesn't mean anything more than I don't like doing that. The fact that I, mm. I'm i not necessarily a strong writer doesn't mean that I'm a terrible person or that, yeah. you know, I'm not going to succeed in life or I'm not going to get ahead or get mm. further or all those things. It's just like, okay, I have an amazing VA who does a lot of my writing for me because she mm. transcribes and, you know, repurposes my auditory stuff. So I'm like, yes. The fact that I don't do that myself doesn't mean anything more than I don't do that myself. And, and but that's a strategy. Yeah. But that's taken a lot of mindset work to mm. not make it mean something about me. And I guess that's, would you say that that's probably one of the biggest things you see with clients around really becoming strengths focused mm. of the mindset work it takes to not be weakness focused and to really embrace hey, I have these incredible strengths and it's okay that I've got these gaps and that I don't focus on the gaps, but find ways to, to yeah, as you say, strategize and fill those gaps in other ways. 
Yeah, you mentioned earlier about the story we tell ourselves, and that's a huge part of my coaching is uh, when we're doing the strengths discovery work and people are saying, oh, I won't have many genius strengths. Well, I say people say that, women say that, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting kind of piece, right? And then there's also, oh, have I got too many there? Or what if everything's a weakness? And I can say to them, like, I've never had anyone who's put all 75 cards in the zone of indifference. Like, it's never happened. Also, never had someone that put all 75 in genius. What you'll find as you go through is there are some stuff that you're just like, I love this. I would do it all day. If all of my material needs were taken care of, I would do this without being paid for it. That's probably going to be a genius strength. Something that I really love doing and I'm not that great at, but I just love it anyway, is sits in the zone of potential. And it's potential either because it could become a genius strength, because maybe you just actually haven't had an opportunity to work with it. Uh, Or maybe it's just potential and that it just brings you some more fun, some more joy. So I talk about how many people have guitars sitting around in the house. They are not planning to get up on stage and rock you know, the arenas of the world, they're not trying to be the best in the world at it, but it brings them joy. They get a sense of excitement, enjoyment, achievement, guaranteed also a sense of frustration, but that often comes when we're working on something meaningful, but that it it adds something to their life to play the guitar and try and learn more. So it's this case of shifting the mindset from, I have to fix my weaknesses. Weaknesses are not breakages, they just are. And turning our attention more towards what lights me up what's the thing that I bring to the world that other people don't Mm -hmm. and we all have a unique brand of magic I call it your strengths fingerprint which is completely different to anyone else's and it's enmeshed with your values with your goals with your experience with your personality all of these things come together and create your special brand of magic but one of the really common mindset things that I need to challenge in my coaching is people not recognizing the value of their strengths because they come quote unquote easily they feel natural they feel like the real me it's simple and straightforward I just gravitate towards them anyway people miss just how much value there is in the strength and so I often tell the story of doing a a strengths discovery session with a client and she was we were doing it on zoom so I couldn't see the card she was holding up and she was sort of cocking her head and frowning and I said what's going on what's the card and she said empathetic so it's around you know sensing what other people are feeling and responding appropriately and I said okay so you're kind of pulling a funny face what's going on here she goes well that's not a strength Mm. say more about that well like everyone can do it this is just it's not a strength everyone can do it And so I asked her, have you ever been in a situation where you've watched the way someone's responded and it's not really tone deaf, like it's really missed the mark? Oh, she says, yeah, all the time. So, okay, so for those people, empathetic probably isn't a strength. And she sort of sat back in her chair and pondered it. And I said, but it makes sense for you that if empathy feels normal, she's a trauma coach. Mm. So she brings a huge amount of empathy to her work and she wouldn't succeed in her work if she didn't have empathy as a genius strength she's likely to burn out and so just because it felt so normal and natural and something she reached for all the time she'd forgotten just how important that is and how valuable as a trauma coach 
that strength is to her clients and the the benefit it brings them. And so it's actually getting people to step back. It's one of the things I love in the Strengths Discovery Sessions, getting people to step back and look at just what a pile of cards they've put in the Genius Strength Zone and thinking about like all of these things light you up. You feel great when you're doing them and you're great at them. How wonderful is that? Mm. Just a moment of appreciation for all those things that we tend to forget are actually really special. Yeah, like you just telling that story, I see this all the time where I, oh, but you know, being like being system, being system focused or process improvement focused, like that everyone does it. I'm like, I can guarantee you a million dollars that that's not true because I am one of those people where that just sounds awful. <laughs> like yeah. trying to think of like, how do I like system improve my whole business to make it more effective? I'm like, yeah. That does not come easily to me. And that's not something that lights me up to think about. That's why my VA, that's like her zone of genius. And she loves that. And yeah, you're so right in that. I mean, this comes back to like, because we're not taught how to self-recognize, because especially in New Zealand and Australia, there's tall poppy syndrome. There's all of, you know, the elements that fall within that, you know, so it's like we, to self-recognize or self-praise is to be big-headed. It's to be arrogant. Mm all those things. And this comes, this feeds directly into that example that you just shared. It's like, oh, but it just comes easily. So it doesn't mean anything where it's like, but that actually means the most. The fact that it does come easily, the fact that it does just come naturally is actually the most significant part of that conversation because it's not something you're having to push to, to do or having to use a huge amount of energy. But what we are taught or what we are conditioned is that everything's meant to be a grind. Everything is meant to be a hustle. Everything that's meaningful is meant to be hard. Like the number of conversations I had of like, why can't you just be happy right now? It's like, oh, because I, because it was easy to get here. I'm like, Mm -hmm. and why is that a problem? You know, like what, like, why do we have to have the heart, right? And mm. yeah, without, it's almost like we deliberately put that block in the way be, to make it seem harder, right? It's like, mm. well, I can't, I can't recognize that because it's so easy. You know, it's like, no, actually, that's the reason we need to be recognizing that. Like, mm. that is literally what we're really trying to get to the essence of here. And yeah. yeah, I really love what you said as well around, you know, people having guitars, you know, in their home and they're not necessarily wanting to become a rock star with it it's also like the side of that conversation I think is also important to have is that something being a strength doesn't mean that that very thing has to be the center of your work or the center of you know what's making you money or the center of your business a really solid strength that you love that brings out the most of you or you know brings out the best in you can be something that you love doing just because you love doing it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be tied to any kind of measure or any kind of outcome and I think that's something really important for people to think about is that you know something to be a strength doesn't mean it has to be the center of your whole life yeah I agree I think you know there's this kind of really interesting crossover between say like the protestant work ethic of hard workers you know the the minimum requirement and also the capitalistic everything has to be monetized Mm -hmm. and valued and turned into some kind of product or service. I think that space of finding ease and joy, it feels really almost naughty in light of those yes. two things. And so people are like, oh, but I, I couldn't 
couldn't be like that. And I often say to people, you know, you're in your genius strengths when you're kind of whispering to yourself under your breath, I can't believe people pay me for this. So that's and my foundation work. Yeah, totally. That's me and my work. But it doesn't have to be in your work. I can't believe I get to do this as a hobby. I can't believe I get to do this and it helps the community. I can't believe I get to do this and it brings joy to my children or my nieces and nephews or my grandkids. That sense of just enjoying the thing for the sake of the thing, I think is so incredibly precious and often gets lost. Mm-hmm. And so it's coming to that place of going, actually, ease is not just okay. It's a really, really good thing. Now, I also believe in the value of struggle. I have set myself some gnarly goals in the past and I've had to work really, really hard to achieve them. But when I'm doing it right, that working hard doesn't feel like hard work because I'm tapping into Mm -hmm. my strengths. But I'm also, you know, looking after myself. I practice self-care. I, you know, look at the rhythms of my life, all of that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I often say with the strengths-based approach, because I'm all in on strengths, I just think they're amazing. But they're not the silver bullet. They're not going to fix everything because there's no such thing as a silver bullet. Mm. So it's about, it's one really, really useful, tangible framework you can use to help you move in the direction you want to go and be who you want to be plus all the other things you can do that will help with that too. Mm, I love that. I love that. So taking everything that we've talked about and what I really love to do with, with episodes is just make them really practical so people can, you know, take a few things away that they can create some shifts, you know, make some changes right now to, to help them to create more confidence, clarity and energy in their life. So I would really love if you would be happy to share three to five, you know, just whatever feels good, but three to five ways or steps people listening right now can take to implement a strengths-based approach to their work and life. Oh, so great. So many things people can do. So first of all, I'd say get really clear on your strengths and what's in your zone of indifference or your weaknesses, whatever you want to call it. And there's some really simple ways you can do that. Look back at your history. So what did you love doing as a kid, whether it was a hobby or a sport or a school subject? What did you enjoy and find easy to do well in? Those are usually giving you the early signs of strengths. Look at your job history. What kind of jobs or workplaces have you gravitated towards or within your work? What kind of extra things have you volunteered for? Because again, those are going to be signs of your strengths. And then figure out, ways you could use them in fresh ways in what you're doing right now whether that's work or community or family life and you can kind of flip that for the weaknesses what did you avoid as a kid what did you hate you know what jobs have you shied away from what aspects of your jobs haven't you enjoyed or your workplaces haven't you enjoyed and if those things are coming up in what you're currently doing look back to your strengths and what are some things you could do that would sort of compensate by using your strengths so you're not having to rely on those things you're not good at and don't enjoy and asking once you've done that ask people around you for feedback don't ask for the feedback first because it will taint your Mm -hmm. kind of examination of your past and it will change what you interpret but then ask some people that know you really well your your long-term friends colleagues family members and just get their insights what do you think when am I at my best? You know, what does it look like when I light up? What kinds of things am I doing when you see me just absolutely in the zone, loving life, loving what I'm doing and getting good results? And use that to kind of triangulate what you've already seen in your past. 
And like we said earlier, it doesn't have to be a wholesale change. I'm not saying you need to change your career tomorrow because you've stumbled across a couple of genius strengths. What could you do tomorrow that would bring one of those strengths to your work or to your life in a new and fresh way? So I often talk about strengths as the toolbox, you know, that multi-level toolbox or makeup kit that folds out. The stuff we use most commonly sits on the top shelf. Sometimes it's really interesting to dig down in the toolbox and find out what's in the lower down level, stuff you're not using very frequently. And you're like, oh, do you know what? That screwdriver would be perfect for this particular job mm -hmm. I need and use that rather than the screwdriver you would normally use. So it's just, again, it's that play, just have a go, think about stuff, try and dial up or down the intensity or frequency of something so that you can just get a shift in the strengths that you're using and the way you're using them. Um, and uh, I'll we'll drop in the show notes a link where people can actually download a list of the strengths in the strengths deck, the 75 Amazing. strengths and the matrix. And so you can actually have a play at home and see where the strengths are landing for you and there's some uh, coaching questions self-coaching questions that will drop in there as well so people can actually kind of have a, a bit of a strengths deck experience perfect yeah amazing I love that and yeah I I just I always love the reflection of you know back to your childhood or back to previous jobs about what was most draining or what was yeah the most the things that you enjoyed the least because that can be just so eye-opening and more often than not people actually recognize like oh that's why I feel the way I feel now because I'm still doing all of those things that I have never really enjoyed and again that's yeah. because we're falling into that conditioning of everything has to be hard and focusing on the weaknesses and things like that versus not believing that we can purely follow strengths and that will just lead us into such a more empowered beautiful and fulfilling place mm. so I really really love that amazing and is there anything else that you would love to share with listeners today to help them to feel more confident and successful with their strengths I think the main message is just you have a ton of strengths already you already have within you everything you need to do and be what you want to do and be you know, we so often look, we look outside ourselves for what we need to add to get to where we want to go or become who we want to be. And I'm so much of the opinion, it's all already there. Sometimes it just takes the moment of stopping and looking and digging in to what's there. It is 100% not just acceptable, but desirable to freaking love your life and your work. And people can find ways to do that when they dig into their strengths, understand what those weaknesses are that can create barriers, and then put some strategies in place so that they can spend more time doing what they love and are amazing at. And like we said, it doesn't have to be a wholesale change. You can just make a 1% change tomorrow that is going to pay off dividends over time. And each little 1% tweak you make just builds on all the previous ones. So, you know, believe that actually you can get what you want and mm -hmm. in a sustainable energizing enjoyable way that is a net positive to the world and then you can also I think I love about strengths is once you see them you can't unsee them yeah. so you start seeing them and people around you and you can actually start calling them out and say hey I saw you do that and you know you do it so well because this is your strength and I just love seeing it it's got such a great impact and recognizing people for their strengths you're never going to go wrong like you're never going to harm anyone by calling out a strength and appreciating it 
So I'm all about this net positive. How do we how do we make our impact more positive in the world with those ripple effects that can spread out? Yeah, I love that. And actually practicing appreciation for other people and recognition for other people then reciprocates that back to us because we start to then recognize that within ourselves. Like something that I always talk about with clients is, you know, especially when they say like, oh, I wish people would appreciate me more. I wish like I would get recognized more. It's like, well, one, how much are you doing that for yourself? And two, how much are you doing that for other people? Mm -hmm. Because it's also about giving what we would love to receive. So, you know, kind of playing that as well so I really love that and all of this is explained in your book unless you're awesome right so yeah this whole framework and then also the strengths deck as well so all of that will be listed in the show notes I would highly recommend having a look at the book and actually just going through that whole process yourself and 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 working through that that's going to be amazing so just to finish off the episode I love asking guests these three questions because they can be really empowering and helpful for listeners to be inspired so the first one is what's your number one energy filling practice that you do consistently you talked about you know strengths-based approach is not a silver bullet it's not the one thing that's Mm -hmm. going to change everything but it's one thing in the toolbox along with the other aspects and I know that you also are quite holistic in your coaching work as am I so yeah what's one energy filling practice that you do consistently it sounds incredibly boring but it is seriously the one that has changed things for me and it's being taking care of around my sleep and so trying to have a relatively consistent bedtime, you know, making sure the bedroom's dark and cool and all those things. I'm not very good at staying off my devices for the recommended hour before bedtime. That's something I can work on in the future. Um, but also knowing when I've got a really, really busy week, I'm a huge fan of the Nana nap. And so I will actually block out time in my schedule. So clients cannot contact me. My phone goes on, do not disturb. And I just have myself a little 30 minute Nana nap. And I wake up feeling so much better for it. Um, oh, I'm a napper. Yeah, when I consistently practice the the sleep stuff, almost everything else goes smoothly. But if I let sleep go, uh, the train wreck happens fairly quickly. Mm. And it's so funny, like, um, you know, I'm obviously a mum coming up mm. to one year now and so many people kind of roll their eyes at, you know, sleep hygiene for babies of like dark room and making sure it's the right temperature. And they're like, oh, but kids should just be able to sleep anywhere. And it's like, like you are an adult and you are still like dark room, cool temperature. It's like, you know, there's a reason those things promote healthy sleep and, you know, restful sleep is, yeah, it's to help the body circadian rhythm and melatonin and all of those, you know, good things. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's always, there's always something that we, that we can be practicing like, you know, uh, technology reduction that has actually yes. creeped back in for me. So good, good little nudge for me. <laughs> Let's uh, work on it together. Yes, absolutely. What's one mindset reminder that you focus on to boost your confidence? Uh, so I referred to this earlier. It's that uh, saying to myself, I already have everything I need within me to become who I want to be and do the things I want to do. So it stops me from running off and chasing the new shiny objects and turning back inward and saying, you know, what's my purpose? What are my goals? What are my values? What are the things that light me up? And how do I make all of those work together? Um, because I I don't have to go outside myself to, to find the answer. 
Mm, I love that one so much. And that also, you know, again, helps to question like, do I really need this additional certification? Do I really Mm -hmm. need this extra course? Or am I just finding a way to like plug my self-doubt moment Mm -hmm. versus actually trusting that I have what I need? And and I actually, you know, can step into this, even though it feels really scary and edgy. Yeah, I I mean, I'm curious. I'm a lifelong learner. So I'm always reading stuff and trying to learn stuff and talking to people. And, you know, I love a good course and a good certification. Uh, but knowing when I'm doing that, as you said, as a way of plugging the self-doubt or potentially even procrastinating, I'm taking mm-hmm. the brave step I need to take. Oh, I'll just get a certification here. And in the book's acknowledgements, I um, talk about a colleague who became a mentor and a friend, David, and when I was telling him I thought I needed a particular certification before I could launch something, he looked at me and he gave me the not safe for work version of Nike's slogan of just effing do it. And this guy does not swear. And I was like, what? What did you say? And he said, you can already do the stuff. Like, seriously, what is a certificate going to get you? I was like, oh, well, it's credibility and people might ask for it. And da, 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 da. he said, you've got 20 years of experience. So if someone is going to overlook 20 years of experience in this area, and only want to see a certificate that can take six weeks to achieve, are they your ideal client? And that really sat me back. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, does that mean I have to start? Yes. <laughs> and that was a that was it was going to be a way of delaying being brave. Mm-hmm. And so I I know now to check in with myself and I'm like, ooh, that sounds like a really interesting course. Is this actually going to further things for me and help me grow and develop or is it a really cleverly disguised procrastination tool yeah absolutely and more often than not it is the latter (laughs) Mm -hmm. there are many courses I have not done as a result of asking that question love it love it and my final question one of my favorites is what is one boundary that you uphold that supports you to be your best so I block out me time in my calendar um it's often two or three weeks before someone can book in with me. And that's because I've looked at the upcoming work and I've said, okay, to be my best, I need downtime. I need rest time. I need play time. And also just time to attend to life admin, right? Like there are just some things that have to be done with business hours. And so I keep quite a close eye on what's coming up in my diary over the coming weeks. And when I see a really intense period of work, say several weeks or a month, then I actually go ahead and block out longer periods. So I might block out several days of downtime. And that's not always non-working time. Sometimes during those periods, I'll actually feel engaged and inspired and want to do something. So I'll do that. But if I'm feeling obliged or like I should or must do something, then I try and back that out and spend some more time investing in myself, whether that's you know going and getting a massage or doing some journaling or going to therapy or going for a walk. Um, Yeah. Making sure I'm getting a good balance. I love that. And I just want to also make a note here that that luxury is not only if you own your own business. So of course, like Daria works for herself as a coach. I work for myself as a coach and it can almost seem like, yeah, but that's really nice for you because you work for yourself. Actually, (laughs) it can also be hard to not just want to do that all the time because you do work for yourself, but equally you can do this working in corporate as well. You know, it's actually just taking your entitlement breaks. You know, the amount of people that I work with that are, you know, that, I'm burnt out and overwhelmed and I'm like did you take did you go for a walk today no because I had to get more done it's like 
you you get like legal break time you know so again it's this is why it's a boundary right of really it's an intentional choice of this is what I'm blocking out this is what I'm choosing because I know that it makes me the best long term yeah. you know whereas like working the extra hour is the short-term fix or like mm-hmm. it's the short-term you know get it done but that has a long-term impact because you know 10 hours every day may not seem like a lot mm. for a short period of time but over time it compounds like mm. what james clear talks about right like the compounding Absolutely. effect it just like adds and adds and adds so i really love that one and i've just increased my hours actually as well and i'm really having to work on not filling every minute of my day with more work stuff but actually being able to embrace white space because Mm. like as you say you know it's not necessarily all just rest time however it's space to be inspired and be creative and Mm. you know have ideas and this is also something that's so important in the corporate you know monday to friday nine to five is like actually giving your people space to be bored space to not be in their emails or fixated on the next project but actually to be to to allow them space to get creative and innovative and or just even reflective you know versus having to do that on your weekends or out of office hours so yeah I really really love that and that's also why it's a boundary because it's something that has to be worked on it's not something that necessarily comes easily that's right. And when I worked in corporate, I managed uh, customer service teams. And so we had a hybrid team. They would take phone calls and do the case investigations and resolutions. And people were struggling with their workload because every time they kind of got into the flow with something, the phone would ring, they'd have to pick up a call. And so we hit on this idea of golden hours. So everybody got two golden hours a week and they were times they were rostered. People knew when your golden hour and my golden hours were. And we were not to be disturbed during that time. Some people put something on their monitor on the back of their seat, but it was for, and it was two one hour slots. So you had them spread throughout the week. And in that time you worked on anything you wanted to, that was going to help you. And so some people made a whole bunch of phone calls. Some people wrote a whole bunch of emails. Some people sent a whole lot of document requests, but it was, they could use that time to move things forward in the way that was most meaningful and helpful for them so the only rule was that you cannot be disturbed on your golden hour literally the only thing we would let someone be disturbed for was a fire alarm and you know they could trade their hours around if they were going to be off work one day they could trade hours with someone else or whatever but it was this you know when we propose it we're like two hours is not much out of a 40-hour working week you know is it going to be enough and we actually found after about sort of three months some people were actually like oh I don't need my goal my second golden hour this week I'm all good because they'd found ways to use that hour so effectively earlier in the week that they were properly caught up they felt in charge they felt calm they felt ready to go and so the impact of one to two hours a week do not underestimate it one or two hours of absolute focus time door shut emails off switch the notifications off close your email program put noise cancelling headphones on if you need to and go nuts on something that's going to move you forward, it can have massive, massive impact. And you will get way more out of that hour within your 40 hours than you will another 10 hours outside of it. Because we know for most people, there's quite an inverted U shape of productivity around hours. You reach a certain point and you start getting massively diminishing returns. So 
knowing where your sweet spot is and working just shy of that each week is probably the most effective way to do it. If you need to do a little more, try just turning one or two of those hours into golden hours because that will make all the difference to what you're getting through, but also how you're feeling about what you're doing. Mm, I love that. Yeah, and you can think about golden hours like deep work, right? Where Carl Newport talks about deep work. So being hyper-focused, you know exactly what you're there to do, what you're there to achieve. And so much of our energy draining is because we're so distracted and because we're constantly being pulled and all of those things. And we're just, priority is not clear. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Love golden hours. We're definitely going to make a key note of that in the show notes that people can listen (laughs) to that point. Amazing. Thank you so much, Daria. This was such an incredible chat about strengths and how we can utilize them, how we can bring more of a strengths-based approach to create success and confidence. I really love this chat. It's something that I'm deeply passionate about as well. And, you know, I feel like I know for a fact after working with so many clients and you know this as well, like the more strengths aligned we are, the more we are more efficient with our energy use, the more joyful we are and the more content we are in life as well. So I really, really love this. Thank you so much, Daria. Thank you so much for your time. I hope the listeners have really loved everything that you've shared. Make sure that you check out Daria's book, Unleash Your Awesome and her strength deck as well. And thankfully she is going to give us a link for us to check out the deck so we can have a play with it, but definitely check it out. All the links to connect with her, find out more about her and her work is in the show notes so you are definitely covered in meeting Daria and having her goodness in your life so thank you so much thanks so much Tash it's been a real pleasure thank you for listening to this episode of lead with less the podcast for confident professionals with me Tash Peterson if you enjoy the show please subscribe and take a moment to leave a review on iTunes As a thank you, each month, one lucky reviewer will get a 45-minute one-to-one coaching session with me where you will get the tools and strategies to lead with less burnout, overwhelm, and self-doubt. And if you know anyone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share this with them and help me reach as many confident professionals as possible.